0: Hello, and welcome to the leadership to wealth podcast. I'm Neil D'Souza, your host, and I'm here to let you know that we are slightly changing our format. We are taking the most high value moments of each conversation we have on the podcast and putting those into the audio version, which you're about to hear. You can get the entire conversation on our leadership to wealth YouTube page. So you can catch the rest there when you go and subscribe. Thanks for being a listener of Leadership to Wealth and enjoy this episode. Our guest today is the CEO of Something New LLC. He's the founder of The Outlier Project, four time author of the Standing O series, with the fifth in that series coming out shortly. And he's a got a record seven-time winner of the American Business Award for Innovation being the best talent acquisitions company in the country. If you want to learn how to build a team, how to get the right people into your organization, you need to listen to our guest today, Scott McGregor. Scott, You, as we mentioned, you've done a lot of different things, but right now your, your main focus is something new and, uh, talent acquisition. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about, uh, about your company?
1: Yeah, something new really, uh, like any entrepreneurial journey, uh, I solved my own problems. So I was a chief revenue officer uh at 29 years old i got an opportunity to be a chief revenue officer which when you're 29 you're like wow that sounds pretty cool uh it was a five person startup there was no sales department there was no marketing department there was no client success so we had to build it from scratch and we built it from five people to 300 uh and it was wildly successful throughout that journey and hiring all of those people uh you know, I realized that the talent side of, of business, recruiters in particular, it was an incredibly antiquated uh, and backwards and dysfunctional industry. And I literally just thought of what are all these issues that drive me absolutely nuts every single day? How could I solve them? And once I figured that out and I realized that every company sinks or swim based on their people. Uh, We have a mantra called people over everything. And I truly believe that companies, whether you're Apple, Google, it doesn't matter who you are, you succeed or fail based on your people. Um, So we put together a better mousetrap. And thanks to my wife who pushed me off the cliff. Eight years ago, I started a company called Something New. uh, And we've won seven consecutive American Business Awards for innovation. Uh, which has never been done before. The record before was three. Uh, we've done it every single year we've been in business, uh, and that's not industry specific. It's against you know the sales forces of the world and people like that. Um, so we've truly built a totally different mousetrap. How do you
0: innovate so much in an industry? I mean, aren't aren't headhunters just headhunters? I like isn't you know talent acquisition isn't that just uh, You've got people with resumes that are looking for jobs. How, how could you innovate that so massively? Because you can you can hear the excitement behind, yeah. it, behind that for you.
1: Everything we do is different. Our fee structure yeah. is different. The way that we find candidates is different. The way that we vet candidates is different. Our advisory service, which is unheard of in this world. Uh, you know, I should know if I'm partnering with you... I should know more about talent than you do. I should probably know about a thousand times more about it than you do. Because I think about it all day, every day. Um, yet my experiences were, no one was really helping me with best practices. They were just shoving people at me and they wanted a yeah. fee. And I get it. That's the way the, the business works. Yes. Our clients come back to us over and over and over because not only are they getting the people that they're looking for but they're getting advisory services that help them build the foundation that helps their business scale if you don't build a solid foundation uh whether it's a business or whether it's a physical building you know you're, you're gonna have problems down the road uh and that's what we help companies prevent
0: So if I'm hearing you correctly, you actually not only do you not only do you get away from uh, the cattle cart here, here's somebody check them out, Oh, didn't work, we'll give you somebody else, we'll give you somebody else. Not only did, did you get away from that, but it sounds like you've actually gotten into some of advising your clients Mm -hmm. in terms of on the on the human resources side on building culture on having the right people. Yep. Uh, for their organization.
1: Most people have absolutely no idea how to do talent acquisition, onboarding, and retention the right way. Like, no clue. Um, so, it, t- it's. T- Tell us more about that. I think most people, if you think back through your career and you think about the people that were involved in an interview process, I would easily say, in my experience, 90% of those people are totally unqualified to vet a candidate. It would be like if 90% of the time you sprained your wrist and you went in and you had 90% of the time you had an, a, a non-doctor diagnose you. Yet we right. do that with the most expensive thing in our business, which is our people. Right. You know, when I talk to right. CEOs, cause we work in the hyper growth startup world, I ask them, what's your biggest expense? Guess what the answer is? Labor. What's yeah. labor? People. Yeah. People, yeah. And then every company wants to get to a next level. Everybody. Some that means they want to go public, some it means they want to hit a milestone event. Um, you know, it's different for everybody. But the question that I ask CEOs is, what will it take for you to get to that next level? Most of the time, it has to do with people. The third question I ask is how often do you and your executive leadership team sit down and talk intentionally about your talent strategy? Guess what they say? Yeah, we don't do that. That makes no sense. It's your number one expense. It's the number one thing that will get you to the next level. And you never talk and strategize about it or you leave it to HR to figure it out. It's mm-hmm. a recipe for disaster. And that's why yeah. so many companies struggle.
0: Yeah, I, I have, I've i worked in human resources. I actually started out my career in human resources with the federal government. And one of the things that we would do is you'd have us in human resources, and then you'd have someone from the work unit that was gonna be yeah. the expert, right? And they're sitting on the panel, and and our job really is to make sure that nobody asks an inappropriate question right. number one to make sure that nobody asks an inappropriate question um number two to make sure that the entire process uh is handled fairly and right. everybody's given a prop. at the end of the day Our job as human resources was really to look at it from a liability standpoint, you you know, is what I found. And and that oftentimes we weren't actually looking for even the best candidate or the person that best fit. It was more of a question of, okay, we got someone and uh, they they met all the requirements. All right. Good. I try to you keep go. the company that's out of brilliant.
1: court. Uh, so, yeah. and then that's right. That's the way HR works in most companies. I mean, if, yeah. if you pumped Neil, if you pumped truth serum into most CEOs and you said stack rank, your C-suite from the person who has the most power to the person yeah. who has the least power. And they yeah. had to tell you the truth. CFO, CRO, CMO, all of that COO, where do you yes. think the chief human resources officer would land?
0: I don't know if it would be you on land that at list. the
1: bottom, <laughs> which is preposterous because it's the most important thing right. for your business, your people are your engine for your business, yet right. companies from CEOs devalue HR and they make HR all about compliance. They make it, it's not, it's not a strategical function for most companies. It's how do we not get sued? Uh, How do we have some process in place? How do we have a handbook? You know, all Mm -hmm. those things, but it's not strategic. And when it is, those are the companies that, that, you know, blow up and kick ass.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oftentimes it's, the process is all about liability. You want to bring in the person but if we want to get rid of them, how are we going to get rid of them? And, and it's almost like that process is what you're talking about from the beginning. In, in humor and right in, in most cases, that that's interesting. Now it's perhaps what's even tainted me when it comes to that, because one of the things that I've talked to with a lot of entrepreneurs is, is the difficulty in just choosing people. It, you're how do we hire someone because if i've got the wrong person it can sink my business and the average entrepreneur never wants to bring someone into their business because they're worried about the liability that that person brings with them and so oftentimes you entrepreneurs are overworked because they're trying to do everything themselves right do you you have any thoughts on that or on, on how to uh reframe that for the entrepreneur that's That's even uh, getting into it, but obviously they're not at a. How long's the podcast, Neil?
1: Because we (laughs) could go about three or four hours on this. So, first of all, you have to know what you're looking for. 99% of the time, people don't even know what they're looking for. Right. And then, if you know what you're looking for, you have to figure out a way to scorecard people uh, to those measurements. And too often, people are over indexing or under indexing on things. So for instance, something that's over indexed on, in other words, it's given way too much weight is where somebody went to school, their education. It's proven time and time again, it's almost meaningless when it comes to, will that person be a productive part of our organization? Yet people go, wow, you know, they went to Harvard or they went to McGill. Uh, or whatever, uh, so yeah. they they over-index on that. That has very very little correlation between that and whether they're going to be productive. If you ask people, what are you looking for? You'll hear years of experience, industry knowledge, Rolodex, things like that. What you don't hear is work ethic, determination. You know, resiliency all of the things that truly make up a great employee. So you have to identify those things. You have to put them into a scorecard. You can't value everything the same way. Uh, And then you, you, you have to take action and you have to have qualified people looking at the same person. So this is an exercise that we do with companies. If there are, if I said to you, Neil, how many people are going to be involved in the vetting process? And you said four. Okay, who are they? Billy, Susie, Bobby, and Sally. Great. What do they do? Fine. If I put those people in separate rooms and I said, what are you looking for in this position? Guess what I would get? Completely different answers. How in the world are you going to pick the right person? If you've got four or five people all valuing things differently, mm-hmm. it's such a broken system. And that's why you have massive turnover. That's why you have all the issues that we have. Um, it's hard work and it takes time to do it right. But when you do it right, those are the companies that become unicorns in the startup world. Those are the companies uh, you know, that thrive.
0: Hmm. It, it, what you're saying, I am going to say is complete truth from my experience, because one of the things, again, this was many years ago that working in human resources, but one of the things that I used to see more often was people would look for the person that had the, the most experience and, and was like when I was, I used to work with uh, Revenue Canada, right? Our, our form of the IRS. Yeah. And, and they would hire the person that had the most experience auditing files and, and you know who's our go-getter? Well, that's the guy, right? He was he was the best, and they would make him the manager, he'd become the supervisor. And what they found was the best auditor, the guy with the most experience that had all of this stuff was always the worst manager. Because he was great with the numbers, but he was terrible with people. And there was something to recognize that, that the process didn't take that into account. That you, you're looking for someone that's going to be a fit for what exactly it is that you want them to do.
1: It's like assuming that your quarterback is going to be a great head coach. One right. has nothing to do with the other. Um, But oftentimes people that are successful in an individual contributor role are made leaders and they might potentially be good leaders, but that's almost by accident. More often than not, uh, they're not because they're completely different skills. So you can't just take somebody uh, who's, you know, a good individual contributor and make them a leader. One has nothing to do with the other.
0: Yes. I want, I want to ask about the outlier project. Sure. I I'm so intrigued. Uh, my, my producer here, Wyatt, uh, has been, um, he's been part of it. He's been yeah. uh, listening in on your calls and, uh, every now and then he's been sharing a little bit with me and, um, I didn't know that it was called the outlier project. He was just like, Oh, I'm on this call. Oh, wow. we got to hear this. And, and uh and so he said scott's coming on the gonna come on the show i said who's scott and he said oh from from that call and so i started and i started looking into it and i was like the outlier project well that's really interesting because of of the book now which is interesting because my it's a book i wanted to read my daughter actually just finished reading it and has just given it back to me yeah um And so I, I was very intrigued by that because it completely seems like a passion project. It's, it seems completely out here for you in what you're doing. Can you tell us a little bit about the project and, and your heart behind it? Because I can, as I was reading about it, I could, I could read nothing but heart coming out for, for me, like passion from you about it? It's,
1: it's a, it is a passion project for me. Uh, so it's a private membership community. Uh, I started it a little, about a year, almost two years ago. We have about 500 members in 29 countries. Uh, oh. we have a belief that anybody can be ordinary. Uh, but we all have the power to choose to be extraordinary. Um, It's a choice. Um, And being extraordinary sometimes is being exposed to other extraordinary people. So uh, the calls that Wyatt's probably been talking to you about are the legend series calls that we have where we have literally. So the first person I asked uh, was the person who wrote the forward to my first book, uh, Coach Dick Vermeule, who just got inducted into the Hall of Fame. I said, Coach. Will you come on and will you talk about team building and culture because I think from a football perspective, you did it as as well as anybody in history. Uh, And we can take a lot of those same principles and apply them to our lives and apply them to our business. So he was our first guest, uh, that was almost two years ago. And since then we've had everyone, Navy Seals, uh, Hall of Famers, uh, Olympians, tons of gold medalists, New York Times bestsellers. Uh, So we try to give our membership exposure to these people in a unique way. So they actually have access to them. So we do a format where it's not a podcast. I mean, podcasts are great. I love podcasts. I love your podcast. Uh, I listened to your podcast with Dana Cavalia, who's actually one of the legends that we brought on and is a great friend of mine. Podcasts are great, but they're not interactive. Nobody's going to get to know me uh, other than they'll know about me. Uh, but there's no, they're they're not going to have an ability to communicate with me. Uh, they can offline. But that's what we do in these legend series calls. We're bringing in iconic people. Uh, people that most people would never, ever get exposure to in their life and we're letting them have conversations with them, ask them questions directly, um, and then build those relationships offline if that's what they, they wanna do. I mean, we've seen tons of members develop great relationships with the people that we bring on. In some cases, we've seen them do business projects together, which is pretty cool to see. But it's all about trying to give people the inspiration to live their version of an extraordinary life. Because when I say extraordinary life, your definition is going to be different from mine. It's going to be different from Wyatt's. But I think we all want to live our version of an extraordinary life. And the Outlier Project is a community that gives people the opportunity to do that.
0: That's brilliant. <laughs> it's brilliant. I. I actually didn't know that you accepted members uh, until I started researching it yeah. because of this interview. Um Wyatt, of course had shared with me that uh he he got an invitation to be able to join in and I and I thought well that that's clearly by an invitation only type of group. And uh but in fact you're you have it open to membership. People can it's become open. members. It's open. anybody
1: can join. Yeah. It's uh, through January, it's $240 a year. It's insanely cheap. Uh, Part of the proceeds go to a nonprofit called the look for the good project. Um, And so the bang for your buck, I mean, there's no better bang for your buck. In January, it does go to 480. But when people sign up, uh, they're locked into whatever price they pay for life. So yeah, if. Eventually, the outlier project is a thousand dollars a year. people that pay two forty are gonna pay two forty forever um,
0: yeah
1: I'm not looking uh to make millions on this community. I'm looking to make impact right well well you can uh
0: you can count me in i'm i'm gonna uh i'm gonna sign up I love awesome. I love everything that uh that I've read and learned about it so far quite quite honestly just. The opportunity to be around and hear people that are trying to be extraordinary, that yeah. are trying to make an impact in the world, that care about how they show up for other people, just being in that vicinity and being able to talk to people like that is is easily worth the the price there. And I I don't know if people recognize the value of that, um, but when I was reading up about it, I thought that's amazing. I don't know if if you do anything else with it other than sur- get people around one another like that. Um, but if that's all that happens with that group, it's that's an amazing project.
1: Yeah. It's a lot of fun. Uh, we have a ton of fun with it. Uh, we try to provide massive value. Like I'm not mm-hmm. looking for people to get 10 X. I want them to get a thousand X on what they pay, uh, and and you can do that literally through one relationship. Yeah, um, one strategic relationship can change your life.
0: Okay, so that is the reason that I've continued with the podcast. It's interesting because when I started the podcast, it was during the pandemic, and uh, for the listeners, sorry guys, I'm going to tell the story again. But um, because I had people asking me, "What do I do?" I'd, the pandemic was happening. People didn't know what to do. And so I said, you know, start a business. Well, I don't have any money. Start a podcast. I don't know how to. Okay, fine. I'll start a podcast to show people. Yeah. And so I started it. And what I found was the people that I would meet and the connections that it created and, and the doors that started opening up were... I couldn't I couldn't have even imagined, you know, being able to be exposed to uh, someone else that's that's at a completely different level of thought. Never mind the economic side of it, just the the level of thoughts that you get access to was amazing in the podcast. And which is why I've continued to do it. And I've continued to enjoy the conversations and get challenged by you know, the difference that, you know, that you're making, I, I was challenged when I saw that you're doing the outlier project. I'm thinking, man, and I want to start up a group vacation, (laughs) you know, having people come together and let's go on vacation together because the conversations you can have. And then I read about the outlier project and I'm like, Oh man, do I ever think small? Um, So that type of being challenged in that way is, I think is amazing. Was that sort of the thought process when you,
1: when you started it? Yeah. I think relationships change everything. Uh, Absolutely. I'm nothing without the relationships that I have. And I've been fortunate that I've forged incredible relationships. I also think that eclectic relationships are the best relationships you can have what a lot of people do is they say i'm in real estate and i only know people in real estate and i think well is that because you think people in real estate only care about real estate no they maybe they want to know brandy chastain a hall of fame soccer player maybe they want to know you know a famous navy seal Maybe they want to know uh, somebody prominent in the art world, somebody prominent in, you know, uh, you, name, you name it. Uh, that's what brings richness to life uh, is being able to, can you imagine going to a party of people that were just accountants? God, that would be a boring uh, party. Or uh, you can insert anything. Sorry to accountants, but... Uh, if you go and it's an eclectic group of people and some people are best-selling authors and some are entrepreneurs and some are olympians and some are pro athletes and some are in the art world and some are celebrity chefs like that's a pretty cool party that's the party we throw 88 times a year wow
0: hugely intimidating too
1: I don't think so. I mean, it's, it's, uh, when you like everyone that I'm friends with, they're way more accomplished than me. Um, I get inspired by them. I learn from them. I'm not trying to, I may aspire to do something that they've done. Um, but they just, uh, they just inspire me. So that's, uh, you know, building relationships is everything.
0: Absolutely. I look, I, I have I've, I've shared this with people is that when when you're not intimidated by the people that you're hanging around, there's there's something wrong. If you ask me, you want to be because that that intimidation sh- should inspire you or you can let it inspire you. Hey, they've done this in this area. They've done this in this area. You can uh, allow that to inspire you rather than force you to shrink back you can take it on as inspiration and move forward. 100%. And I found though a lot of people when if they were in a room like that they would feel like oh i haven't done this or i haven't done that and i think the beauty of what you're sharing here is that being around people even for for you being around people that have accomplished this much only draws you
1: calls you to
0: to be more than than what you are right now to 100% transform
1: yeah it's a it's a game changer uh you know i was on a zoom call not that long ago with meta world peace and you know he he was talking about kobe bryant passing him the ball in the finals years ago and he shot a three-pointer which you know was not typical ron was you know was run our tests back in the day um but meta was not a three point shooter. He made the shot. They Lakers win the championship. And, you know, he famously credits his psychiatrist for helping him, you know, get his uh, shit together, but I'm on a zoom call, you know, chatting with him. And then, you know, next thing I know, my wife and I are, you know, watching an ESPN documentary about him. I mean, that's, those are cool experiences uh, <laughs> yeah. to develop those relationships. Um and that's what we're trying to do. Is we're trying to give people yeah. access. Proximity is is half the battle. Like you got to yeah. be in the room. You've got to show yeah. up, whether that's a virtual room or whether it's yeah. a physical room. You got to show up. Um, yeah. And and you can build those relationships very easily.
0: Yeah, I I for the listeners, I really want to share this because one of the things I remember when I heard from Kobe Bryant as you mentioned Kobe Bryant he he talked about his training schedule and he talked about how he'll come in early and he'll start training and then um and I think Chris Bosh had even said this he thought he was going to get in early meanwhile Kobe had already been in trained and and then was getting breakfast and uh and he talked about being able to get those reps in the number of reps that he could get get in there and I thought, okay, well, I'm not a basketball player, but I can apply that type of thinking to my business. I can apply that by I might I might not be able to uh, control the level of talent that I'm up against, but I can control the number of reps that I take. And um, and so I I hope that people are hearing what you're sharing in that you can literally steal from someone else's mindset. You can learn from someone else's sure. mindset when they share and, uh, and be able to, you know, because we talk about uh, short making um, the shortcut to building wealth, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it was what we, we try to share. And what you're sharing right now is probably the number one lesson out there. You can shortcut that path to building wealth just by being around people that have already uh, gone ahead of you. A hundred
1: percent. You're, you know, that's the old, your net worth is your network uh, yes. is very true. Um, yes. And most people's network is, you know, a connection on LinkedIn, but they don't know who the heck that person is. Yes. If, you, if they're not in my phone, if I can't call them or text them, and they're not happy to hear from me that's not a relationship right um and you can build those and it's like a snowball going downhill uh when you start to get access to people that have done extraordinary things
0: okay so scott clearly you have a passion for the outlier project and completely it's in your wheelhouse um for for something new in talent acquisition. And what are you, as we're coming up to the end of 2022, what are you really looking at for 2023? Excited about, passionate about, want to share with people?
1: Uh, I mean, very excited about continuing to help our clients grow their business through smart uh, talent strategy. Uh, Mm -hmm. I'm extremely excited. I've got book number five, uh, coming out probably first quarter of next year. Uh, 100% of the proceeds go to charity. So I'm excited about that. Uh, it's called Standing O'Honor. Um, and then we've got a huge retreat uh, coming up in October uh, that are, we're going to have three legends there for four days. It's at the number one resort in the Northeast, top 100 in the world. Uh, so we are in the Uh, phases of we're 50% sold out already with almost a year to go. So uh, it's going to be an unbelievable one of a kind experience for the 25 people that sign up. So those are kind of some of the big things we're working on.
0: Yeah. Can I ask a question about that? What, what's the secret to throwing a great
1: event like that? Make it unique. Uh, So I will tell you, I told Wyatt this before. It's the most unique uh, event that's being put on, period. I'll tell you why. You can go to a conference with a thousand people and see somebody on stage. That's great. I'm all for that. You'll learn. I'm a big believer, always be learning. But you're not developing a relationship with that person on the stage. You may go to a smaller event Uh, like the Nantucket Project. The Nantucket Project is at a beautiful hotel called the White Elephant in Nantucket. uh, And there's, you know, about a thousand people that go and Michelle Obama is the speaker and all that. You're not hanging out with Michelle Obama. Uh, So we decided, what can we do that will have maximum impact? We said, we're going to have it at the best place we can possibly find and we're having it literally at the number one hotel in the Northeast, top 100 in the world. And we said, how do we go further? We're gonna invite uh, three legends to join us for four days, breakfast, lunch, and dinner, 24 seven. So Jason Redman, who's a New York Times bestselling author, very famous Navy SEAL, he's one of them. Brandy Chastain, uh, soccer hall of famer two olympic gold medals two two world cups uh she's going to be there for four days and dr jeff spencer he was an olympian he's a renowned artist oh and by the way he's the advisor and coach to you 2 richard branson tiger woods lance armstrong he's there for four days the guests that are going to be there, which are going to be extraordinary guests. I mean, the 50% that have already signed up are off the charts. They will never in their life spend four days with three people like that. Never. Right. Um, right. And the the bonds that they will form with the other people that go, but also with those legends, there's nothing like it.
0: Wow. Well, wow, I, absolutely. I I can't even imagine how you could even make that event cost effective <laughs> with, with that few
1: people. Here's of, the thing. You can't worry. I had a good friend of mine who's, you know, very, very wealthy. Said, Scott, yeah, you're yeah. crazy. Uh, you should make this available to 2,000 people. And you make a lot of money. I said, I don't want to do that. It'll lose right. the impact and the intimacy. Right uh i want impact and intimacy over the income so do i want to make money of course i want to make money but i want to make an impact more than i want to make money and that's Mm -hmm. uh that's what we're going to do we're going to give 25 people an experience that literally and i'm not exaggerating literally neil will change their life forever
0: wow wow that that's amazing and and when's that coming up again
1: it's October second uh, through the fifth. Oh wow,
0: phenomenal! phenomenal. guys, uh, we'll we'll put links available um, in the show notes uh, to to that event as well as to the Outlier Project and to um, something new as well, so that people can. Is there anywhere else that people can get a hold of you, Scott? I know you love LinkedIn, LinkedIn by the way.
1: LinkedIn is my jam, uh, yes. so you know I, it's it's just where it makes sense to be. Yeah. Uh, so send me a message, send me like a personal message, and I'll connect with you. Um, I'm I'm at the whatever that stupid limit is that LinkedIn does, um, but I can call stuff out. And yeah, send me a message right. on LinkedIn. I'm right. thrilled to uh, to get to know people. I'm on Instagram as well. But uh, yeah, this has been Love a lot it. of fun, Neil. I appreciate right. it. Thank you.
0: Thank you so much, Scott, for coming on. And uh, guys, uh, Leadership to Wealth Nation, uh, please uh, go out, check out Scott and uh, all the different places. And please link uh, message him on LinkedIn. Scott, thank you so much for coming on the show.
1: Thanks, Neil. I appreciate it.